Okay, it seems I lost connection for a second um, and we're back again. Ah, technology, anywho. So um, I've not got any guests today, so it's just me and you alone. Um, the little human who helps with the orders, you know, she's having a nap, you know, it's been really exhausting trying to get our technology um, sorted out, our internet connection. Um, but hopefully next week we will be back to our virtual cafe where we'll have all our usual guests coming into order and you know have some lovely conversation um so whilst i'm just here by myself i'm just going to think back about all the different things that we've learned you know on the show um since we launched um we've talked about book reviews we've talked about how to grow your social media profile we did a case study we talked about the different formats book comes in uh we did monetization strategies um you know we talked about how to build a street team we talked about the different writing styles so let me see if i remember everything you know that we've said so on the episode where we talked about review and um, book reviews you know the guests on the show um they sort of in they said the importance of having book reviews um, because when someone goes to look at a book you know sometimes i mean i would use myself as an example when i want to go on you know amazon um to look for a new book you know there are thousands and thousands you know if not millions of books available so my 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 thing is fantasy so when i choose
four star reviews, then they can find your book. So this is what the authors have said. Ask for your reviews, okay? Just don't automatically think that um, people who have read your book would always just normally just leave a review for you. You need to ask. Um, obviously, don't hound people. Um, the readers themselves, um, you know, don't sort of hound. It's people the way you're doing the whole exchange um, for a book review just ask them you know so your beta readers your fellow authors you know people who write blogs all the blogger book bloggers you can ask them for reviews um so yes that's the that's the main thing you know with regards to getting book reviews so when you're starting your publishing journey it's important that you have book reviews because that's how people get an idea people who do look at reviews that's how they do uh, get to find your book with the reviews i mean not a lot of people i mean i myself i'm also um guilty of this I don't actually read reviews themselves um, for fiction right because I like to you know come up with my own opinion but for non-fiction I tend to look at um, reviews so again you can never really tell who the potential reader would be so it's better for it to be there and then the reader doesn't look at it than for a reader who wants to look at a book review but then there isn't any book review so do ask um when we talked about the episode on how to grow organically on social media um what was the consensus was that you know social media is basically what it means it's a media for you to be social on so don't go on social media and go every single you know tweet or every single post you do is buy my book buy my book buy my book nobody has time for all of that okay go there to be social have conversation with people you know tell them something that you're doing so for instance if you have a show going on or a book signing you might say oh hello um people you know i've got a show or i've got a book signing coming on and i don't know why i keep saying show today um you know you would say oh i've got a book signing coming on and this day so it's basically a way for you to be social and to communicate with people as opposed to just broadcasting buy my book buy my book buy my book nobody has time for all of that so just go there be social meet new people um you know use the search bar on you know on twitter i use twitter more than i use facebook because i find that it allows you to be more social than you know you could you would be um on facebook so if you do do that you know use it to, as an opportunity to be social have a conversation with people fellow authors you know just just be social um so in another episode we talked about we did a case study on co-promote co-promote is uh is an app that you can integrate with a lot of your social platforms from facebook twitter tumblr Flickr. i think it's Flickr. i'm not even sure now um and basically it's there on a multiple of um social media platforms but the best way that i found that it works is on twitter and what it allows you to do it's kind of like your secret street team so if you have a special offer or something that you've got that you really want for it to quote unquote go viral um then you know co-promote is the place that you need to be in um so the way it works is that you earn points to spend points does that make sense so you will share other people's posts when you share posts you will earn points so let's i'm talking about if you're you know if you've got a twitter account so the number of points that you accumulate from each post that you share will be will be the same as the number of followers that you have so for instance if you have 1000 followers on twitter right and you see a post that you do like um you know via the co-promote app each time you share someone else's post, you get 1,000 points, 
right? So you can then accumulate points to however many reach that you want. So let's say you then accumulate points up to a thousand, a uh, hundred thousand um, points. Then when you've got a special offer that you want to promote, then it means that people who've got different levels um, of followers, they will then each time they share your post, they will then for instance, you might have someone who's got 900 um, followers. When that person shares your post, they're going to take 900 points off your 100,000. Then if somebody else has 10,000 followers, when they share your post, they're going to deduct 10,000 points off of your 100,000. So that's going to how it's going to be deducted until you've used up all your reach. And then before you know, it, you could actually see that you might have, you know, 20 or 30 or 40, you know, depending on how many people, you know, choose. And, you know, basically you can then have a reach of 100,000 people that may not potentially have looked at your, um, you know, seen your Twitter or your tweets before. So I, I do recommend it because I found that it's actually helped to increase visibility so this is a way you know if you do you can do this free of charge or if you want you can use the paid system but i find that using co-promote has actually been quite useful for the few times that i've done promotions i don't use it very often um i sort of try to accumulate points for a special post that i may want to promote you know to make sure that i get a wider reach than my um my usual followers um also, when I was talking about how to grow organically on social media, I forgot to talk about, you know, using hashtags. So that was actually quite important. I think we talked about this on the episode. Um, so if you use hashtags, so for instance, I, I do this podcast show. If you then do use hashtags, so you might do hashtag recommend the podcast or just go in the search bar on Twitter and just say, you know, recommend the podcast. And you might then find people who are looking for, who would write in, having conversations with someone and be like, oh, recommend the podcast for me. So you can then, you know, sort of pitch and go, oh, sorry for interrupting you. You know, can I, you know, recommend this podcast for you or can I recommend this book for you? So if you're an author, for instance, and then you type into the search bar, recommend the book, you know, you might then find people who are having conversations with someone else, you know, and saying, oh, can you recommend a book for me? And, you know, you can just go there and say, oh, hi, I'm an author. You know, I, I saw that you're looking for someone to recommend the book for you. Would you like trying, you know, my book or, you know, I can give you a free copy. And that's how you start the conversation going. You know, so basically you're using you're looking for relevant words, um, you know, to start, you know, a conversation. So rather than just say, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Um, in another episode, we talked about audiobooks, ebooks, paperbacks, and more. Um, so a lot of authors they tend to start off with ebooks, and I'm I'm not um, excluded myself because it's actually quite easy to um, upload an ebook. One of the benefits of uploading an ebook is that you know even after you've published it, you know you might easily just go back to make slight amendments to it, and you know it's easy to do that rather than with a paperback. Whereas with a paperback, once you've published it, uh, you know, you've assigned an ISBN and all that formality. If you needed to change it, you know, you would then have to get new ISBN numbers and do things all over again. Um, so ebooks are usually the way most people tend to go, you know, start off with. But then there are some people who, for whatever reason, can't read you know, can't use audio um, ebooks, or for whatever reasons, ebooks are not their preferred formats, and they like to go with audiobooks. Um, and then, most especially, you know, just being on this show in my virtual cafe, I've actually come across a couple of people, you know, who 
um, a class is legally um, blind. So what this allows, um, you know, that this is the beauty of having um, an audiobook is that they can then do more. So whereas they may not be able to use an ebook, they might then end up using an audiobook, which is so much better. So it's you're not restricting yourself to only people who can use um, ebooks. You're actually giving yourself more more opportunity to reach a wider range of audience by having your book in audiobooks. Um, but then the authors that we spoke to on that episode, you know, they they feel like it's it might not be the best option for them initially, um, for whatever reason, because obviously I think with, and this is the beauty of why I think Amazon is the way forward. Um, it has its hands in so many pots and, you know, we have, I think it's called ACX, it's the Amazon, um, you know, which provides you with audiobooks and it's just it's like I talk about Amazon so much, uh, you know, all the time. And it's not so much because I get paid for you talking about them. It's just because they've just changed the game, you know, the publishing game so much that they offer so much value. So instead of people to just think, oh, my God, I can't get a you know traditional publisher and it limits them on what they're able to do or not do. But, you know, so audiobooks. So, for instance, people who are legally blind, people who just for whatever reason seem to prefer you know audiobooks if you're able to make your book available as an audiobook then you're getting you know an extra audience than if you were just limited to um you know an ebook so the consensus is that you know as as authors progress in their career they might make their books available as just an ebook and as they keep marketing their book and as they gain followers and they get, you know, gain fans, they will then consider adding, um, you know, other formats to their book, be it paperback, hardback, you know, all the different formats, including audiobooks. Um, so that, that was what, you know, the consensus was, you know, that most authors would start off with ebooks, but then as they grew in popularity, they will then increase, you know, they will then add other um, formats to their books and in this case, um, audiobooks. Okay, and this day when we talked about, I actually enjoyed um, this episode um, because it, it just, it was what a lot of people, and this one, this episode I'm talking about is the monetization strategies. We had this in the beginning of March. Um, I actually like the feedback that I got on this episode. Um, not just for authors but for anyone so i'm going to literally just try and see if i can remember all of it um so we talked about ways that authors so basically i think we started off that okay there are so many free books out there in the market right readers are not incentivized to just go and buy a book so you know if somebody is you know times are hard money is hard you know and there are so many free books out there so for anyone who loves reading books you know, and they can't afford to go and buy books, then there is literally no incentive for them to spend, you know, their tight resources, e.g. money, and going to buy a book. So as an author, what can you then do to make sure you get a source of income, you know, if you, especially if you're putting your book out there for free? Um, and one of the things that we said on that episode is that, you know, sometimes a lot of authors put their first, if they write a series, they would put the first book in their series for free to gain new followers. Um, 
And then if the book was any good, so if the reader likes the first book, then that might be incentive enough for them to want to buy, you know, the second book because, you know, it's intrigued them. They've loved it so much and they think, ha, huh, you know what? This, you know, I like this um, these author's writing style. I like the story. I like the plot. You know, I think it's worth investing in. Um, but just, you know, as you started out, you know, let's say it's just your first book that you've written, you've done absolutely every single thing. What else can you do to try and get some pennies in? It might not be enough to break the bank, but what other things can you do to try and get you some money? Now, one of the things that I do did find out is that this the feedback that we had on this episode is applicable not just to authors but to anyone who's got a website and i definitely do recommend that you go and listen to this episode again i think if i off the top of my head that episode was released on the 15th of march so one of the things that we said was you need a website okay so even if it's ideally is for you to have, you know, your custom, you know, own website that you're managing the domain. Um, but if you can't afford to get that, then you want to get maybe one of the free ones, you know, I think it's where you might say authorname.wix.com or any of the um, other website, um, free website providers that are out there. Um, so when you get that, what ways can you use to get money? And this is the thing that I actually find quite interesting is you need to monetize your website. So what are the different ways that you can monetize your website? The easiest one to do is with Google AdSense. AdSense? AdWord? No, AdSense. That's it. Um, sometimes I get confused with the different terms. So with Google AdSense, it's literally very easy. You go into your backend or your dashboard. Um, you know, you, first of all, you need a Gmail account because then you need to create an AdSense account. Then um, I am not very technologically savvy, so I couldn't tell you how to do it. But if you just go onto your Gmail dashboard, I think it's just literally codes that you need to then copy and paste into your backend or into the backend of your website. Um, and literally, that's it. So you will then get paid um, CPM cost per million or co no, sorry, cost per thousand. I think M is for the is the Latin word for thousand, whatever it is. Um, so you can then so basically every single time that someone sees your um, goes on your website and sees an ad, um, an AdSense ad, you will then be earning money. So if you then have, say, a thousand people seeing your ad every day. And so in a month, that's 30,000 people seeing your ad. I don't know how much, you know, Google pay, um, you know, for CPM, but let's just sort of say for the sake of uh, simplicity, say they pay you $10 for every thousand um, views your website gets. So for every 30,000 views your website gets in a month, that's three at uh, 30, oh, wait, 30, 10, sorry, I can't even speak properly now. That's going to be $300. Now, I think that's a good, so basically you need to be able to make sure, so you need to have the content there that makes people want to come to your website regularly. So content, 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 content. Don't just write, buy my book, buy my book, or just, you know, you have to give something that people find interesting. So you need to have interesting content, you know, that is value to people that would make them want to come to your website on a regular basis. So whatever schedule that you choose to write on, then it's something that you have to stick with. So if you wanted to do once a week, uh, blog posting, then, you know, try and stick with that. If you want to do once a day posting or twice a day or twice a week, whatever schedule you find that you've got relevant content that you want to do, then do stick with it. But the main thing is that you're writing content that people would want to come to your website for. Again, it's not just about saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, but it's about things that are of value to people. And then when you have people coming on your website, just from a statistical point of view, 
you might find that after they've read the content on your website, they may explore your website to see other things that are good that you have going on. And statistically, say you had a million people go through your website, you could then say, you know, 10% of those people may go and check out other things, you know, that's going on on your website. And 10% of those 10%, you know, may think, oh, okay, let me go and check out this, you know, this author's book because I like the blog post that this author put. And then 10% of those 10% of the 10% might then go on to buy it. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a gain of probability um, or percentages. So, you know, thing is to monetize your website, you need to have, make sure you've got your AdSense, Google AdSense is one option, but the main thing, first of all, is make sure that you have content that will draw people to your website, okay? Without good content, you're not gonna have anyone coming to your website. So you have to have your content first, so that's number one, that's key. And then the traffic that you have coming to your website, that's what you will then use to monetize your website. Okay, so the first thing that I said was, you know, using AdSense. After AdSense, what else can you use? This is the one that I actually do like, and I do use it for my website, is Amazon Affiliate Program. This, it doesn't work in the same way as AdSense, because with AdSense, you get paid per impression, if that's what you choose. With, uh, with Amazon Affiliate Program, you get paid per action. So for instance, let's say, okay, I'm going to use my website, for instance, right? I'm an author. I've got uh, three books out, for instance. And on my website for my books, um, because I've got an Amazon store, I could only get an Amazon store because I signed up for the affiliate program, right? So when someone goes to my online store, when they buy a book, right? Or when they buy my book, for instance, in addition to the royalties that I would normally get, I then get some pennies. I think it's like 4%, so 4% of whatever my book sells. So I would get like 4% of that money come back to me as an affiliate, right? So every single time someone buys my book from my store, I get an additional 4%. So you can imagine, let's say you're a book blogger, for instance. So let me not use myself. That's a bit, is that the word? I can't even speak. So just imagine, okay, I will use a book blog. Let's say you're a book blogger, right? And you do book reviews. Now you're going to put links to the book on the web on your blog anyway. So instead of just using regular um, links, if you sign up for Amazon affiliate program, you then get to use, um, you know, put the affiliate link. Then if somebody reads the review that you've put on the website or on your blog, and they now think, oh, okay, I like this review. This book sounds really good. I would like to go and buy it. When they click on your book, um, on your link or your affiliate link, that takes them straight to Amazon website and they then purchase that book, you are earning a 4% commission. Okay, so you basically got two options. Either use, don't use the affiliate link, right? And 100% earn no referral for the work you've put into writing that review or put the affiliate link and potentially earn 4% commission. Okay, I would recommend that you do do that. Even if you don't want the money, please send it to me. I'm saving for my little humans, uh, you know, college fund. So I all, all the pennies do count. So that's another way you can do. You can use Amazon affiliate program. So you can do AdSense. You can do an um, affiliate program. Even if you don't, if you choose not to do ad, um, Amazon affiliate program, there are lots of other um, providers, affiliate providers out there. Off the top of my head, I think there is ClickBank. Um, I've not, I've not used that one, but there are lots of other ones, you know, which you can do a really quick research to show you how to, um, you know, earn affiliate commission from them. 
So what's it we've done um, AdSense, we've done that, and then you can get sponsors. So for instance, again, I'm not going to talk about, you know, my website, I'm going to say I'm going to use BloggerX. So let's say you're a BloggerX, you know, you've then, you know, you've had, you've got, you've, at one point, you might use, maybe on one side of your website, you might put, you know, one side to be uh, Google AdSense. Um, and then when you're putting reviews, you might use the Amazon link um affiliate link or clickbank or whichever you know affiliate company you want to use their links you know you might use that and then you might then say to yourself okay well maybe one of the authors that you write about their books they want to sponsor an ad space on your website so normally on your the left hand side of your website because obviously humans read from left to right so well not everyone but most people read from left to right so maybe all the categories and tabs on your website are on the left hand side then on the right hand side you can then say leave that space there for people who want to take out sponsored ads. So you might say to them, okay, well, if you give me a 125 by 125 banner ad or 250, whatever the banner ads is, you might then decide to them, okay, fine. I will, you know, put your, you know, your the ad, say your book cover image on that ad. And if you give me X amount of money, um, you know, so basically these are the little things that you can do um, to earn, um, you know, extra money on, or basically, should I call it how to monetize your website? You know, it's useful for authors, and I say authors um, just because I'm an author. But even if you're not an author, even if you just have a blog website or whatever it is, what as long as you have an online platform, that is a useful way to make extra money. You know, you might think it's not really a lot, but actually, by the time you apply all the different options you will see that you're actually making, you know, the, the pennies do start piling up at the end. You know, you might see in one month, you might end $5. You know, that's $5 that you can use and go, you know, buy yourself a drink. Um, so do read, go back to that episode, which was released on the 15th um, of March. Then after that episode, we then talked about how to build a street team. So like I said with the co-promote one, you know, it's it's the co-promote is your virtual street team. Um, but also, you know, if you wanted to then have proper street teams, I think first of all, on this episode, what did we say a street team is? A street team is your own, you know, sort of backbone of people who are your brand representatives. And yes, as an author, you are a brand. Um, you know, so these are people who are your, you know, brand representatives. They help people spread the word about you. They help people, you know, they help you, they help people. I can't even speak properly today. I, I, I think it's all the all the problems that we've had with my my internet connection. It's just sort of put me put me off. But oh, I do need a drink. Oh dear. Anyways, um, I, it's been a long day. I, I'm, I should have got my virtual hot chocolate ready before I started, but never mind, never mind. Next week will be better, okay? You have to be optimistic. I am very optimistic. So how to build a street team? A street team are the people who help, you know, they're your brand representatives. They go out there to tell people about what you do as an author. And not only authors use street teams, you know, you have other people who are not authors, um, use street teams for their business because again one of the things that was really important we found or i found word of mouth you cannot beat word of mouth okay so these are the people who are going to represent you um there are so many advantages so the disadvantage is you know if you get the wrong person so make sure that when you're choosing you know recruiting street team members you're getting someone who you feel that person's personality aligns with the values you have as an author Okay, so if you have somebody whose values uh, or the way they see your book does not is not aligned to yours, 
then they may not represent you as well as you should. So you need to make sure that the person that you're choosing, you know, believes in your work, because if they don't believe in your work, then they can't represent you effectively. So get, you know, get, get, you know, so that's basically things to consider when you're building your street team. Um, but then when you do that, you know, you've also got to incentivize, you know, the street to make them feel that they've come to a team that is fun, you know, exciting and has a lot going on and you're organized. And so it's important that when you're recruiting people, you have a welcome pack ready. You know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It might just be a word document that says, thank you. You know, people appreciate it when, you know, you show that you do appreciate them. So you might, it just might be something where you just say, oh, thank you for joining my, okay, for instance, I'll use my name. I might, oh, let, actually, no, I shouldn't. Let's say, hmm, okay, let's say Stephen King, for instance. You'd be like, oh, thank you for joining the Stephen King, you know, street team. Um, you know, I hope you enjoy being part of this wonderful team. Here are the do's and don'ts, you know, what you expect. And so you say what your expectations are, you know, what they're not allowed to do. And then if you're able to, then you might give them a complimentary copy of one of your books. I mean, if someone hasn't read your book, for instance, then, you know, how can they represent you effectively? So, you know, it's just to say, you know, thank you for joining my street. Team. And, you know, these things, you know, because then that way they feel like, they're getting value for coming, you know, spreading the word for you. And as much as they may be your fans, everybody likes to get freebies. You know, they don't want to feel like you're just taking advantage of them and just using them for slave labor. You know, so if you give them, you know, special discounts of, you know, and say, okay, well, for every member of your family or any member of, or any of your friends, you know, you can give them, you know, coupon codes and stuff. And they will help you, you know, spread the word about, um, about your brand, you know, your book and the things that you do. So, um, yes, street team. So do look at that episode because the authors gave great insight on what they've done, you know, to build their, their street team. And just like I said before, on how you grow, you know, organically on social media, just ask, you know, so I use Twitter quite a lot. I use Twitter more than Facebook. You know, it's simply just go on Twitter and just say, oh, do you want to be a street, you know, team member? Or you can use the hash button, um, the search button and go, oh, yeah, um, you know, I'm looking for street uh, teams or just just search and you will find people you know who are interested um if you have a website oh my god something really scary <laughs> so i'm just looking into my garden and there's this big cat looking oh my god it is really scary i do not like cats okay i don't think i have a phobia for cats i just don't like cats so hi here i am you know my little human sleeping on me it's nice and sunny and then this cat is on my fence looking in and I like where I live because we don't have loads of cats like none of my neighbors have cats and <laughs> I'm just hoping that this cat doesn't jump into my garden <laughs> sorry, sorry I'm just distracted because there's this massive cat because there is absolutely no way the cat will be able to jump back out and I for one will not be carrying a cat hmm see little human who's woken up Oh, okay. The cat has gone on its merry way. Thank you. Cat, please do not jump into my little garden or backyard. Okay, yes. Sorry, I got <laughs> I got distracted because I like where I live. My neighbors do not have pets. You know, I think the only pets that any of my neighbors have are dogs. Dogs are good. They don't climb fences and jump. <sighs> okay. <laughs> sorry, we. I woke the little human up. Um, <clears throat> okay. Right. Sorry, darling. So where was I? Where was I? Right. Yes. Street team. Okay. 
go on social media, be social, make sure on your website, if you do have a website that you have a sign up form. So you can use like Google Docs. Google Docs is actually quite simple because then, you know, you might say, um, <clears throat> where can I, you know, you can just put oh name, email address or something that, you know, that they can just fill in and you will get, you will get the, um, their details or if you have a contact form on your website that's also quite handy and that's how people can sign up to be um you know on your street team um so yes be social have a contact form have a welcome pack ready um incentivize them give them a free copy of your book if you have any discount codes give them discounts and just you know little things like that <clears throat> Okay, what was the next one? Writing styles for authors. Um, this one I thought actually, I actually, I think possibly this was probably one of the be best op uh, episodes that um, I've had on the show. I mean, I do like all the episodes and I love all my guests that we've had. But with this one, you know, we had a great chat with um, the author on, on, on this episode. So she kind of explained the different writing styles for um, authors. So we talked about the first person point of view and third person point of view. But I do recommend that, you know, before an author chooses which one to use, you go and do research um, properly. Because if you're using first person point of view, according to this author, <clears throat> and then you wanted to say something about how, say, okay, let me see how, if I remember how she said it. So, so let's say I'm writing first person point of view, and then I'm going to be, I am sitting on my, you know, okay, oh, let's say. I'm sitting in my bedroom, looking out into my garden, and then there's this big cat sitting on my fence, looking into my garden, right? That's first person point of view. But then I, you know, the author then wants to say, oh, but then the sheriff has gone to get loads of guns. How do I know what the sheriff has done? So you've got to be careful about how you're writing the whole scene to make sure that it's, you know, believable. And so that's why some authors may choose to do third person point of view. So do go and do research on the limitations of the different um, writing styles, because, you know, all of them they do have or both of them have their advantages and their disadvantages. And if you do them incorrectly, um, you know, it might not make your book very believable. Um, so little human is up because I got I startled her with my oh my god there's a there's a big cat looking into my garden and I really wonder who's as I'm wondering if someone new has moved into the area and has got a cat because I've been here a while now and I've never once seen a cat by my thing and I'm just really being distracted. <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry um uh, yes okay so kindle and then after that we then talked about kindle unlimited i think if i was going to look at myself as uh as a reader i think kindle unlimited is fantastic it's fantastic in the sense that it allows the reader to read so many books without having to pay anything extra so there are two types of kindle unlimited so every one who has amazon prime which again that's a different discussion for another day but so let's say for instance you've got amazon prime and then you've got amazon's uh, one of the kindle devices you can read one book every month for free without having to pay extra for it right so that's one option and i think it's called the kindle owners lending library something like that right or <clears throat> If you do not have Prime or you do not and or do not have um, a Kindle device, you can pay as part of the subscription service 
Um, and in the UK, last time I checked, and it could change any time, it was $7.99 a month. You do a 30-day free trial, then you get um, $7.99, and then you pay $7.99 a month. And with this one, unlike with the Kindle owner's lending library, you can read as many books as you want. And I think you can have in your library um, up to 10 books at a time, um, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, you're not restricted to the quantity. You can just read and return, read and return to your heart's desire. So for, an, for a reader, this is absolutely fantastic. And I've seen some readers, they've said that, you know, the absolute beauty of doing this is that it allows them to try out authors they may not have given a chance to. So if they've never met, an, uh, if they've never read a particular author, so for whatever reason, you know, it comes up, um, on their suggestions, uh, on your suggestions on their Kindle um, library, because the book is enrolled in Kindle Unlimited and they know they don't have to pay any extra on it, they will then have, they can say, okay, you know what, I will give this author a try, right? But then if they really do like the author, they may then want to then try out his other books. So this is where I guess for some authors find it, you know, sort of like a double-edged sword. In the sense that because people who are enrolled in Kindle Unlimited, they're then not incentivized to actually paying out money, you know, um, like, you know, extra money, you know, to buy a book. And Amazon, they don't pay a lot, you know, for everybody who wrote. So be before, whatever, so say prior to last year, because I only became an author last year, um, apparently, you know, Amazon used to pay people, you know, for borrows per download. Whereas now they pay per read. And the last time I checked, Amazon was paying less than a cent. Um, I think it was like not point, not, not five cents um, per page per book read. Um, so it just means that, you know, if a, a person downloads a book and then they don't read it, then the author doesn't get paid anything. Um, so some authors don't like this because it means that, you know, there and oh also for a book to be on kindle unlimited it then should not be available on any other platforms um which again is a it's almost it is really a double-edged sword because if people do like the author and so basically the advantages of that you know it gives the uh, reader more courage or incentive to want to try out you know a different a new author's book but the author potentially isn't going to be earning as much as they normally would um, and if the, the author then puts his other books, uh, doesn't put his other books in Kindle Unlimited, it, it might not incentivize the reader to want to buy, you know, the author's other book because the person, the pace, the, the reader is already spending money, you know, eight pounds every month, you know, to read loads of books. So they may say, well, if I'm paying so much already, why do I then need to pay outright um, for, you know, you know, for another book? So these are the, you know, sort of pros and cons and the, you know, why, you know, authors think that, you know, Kindle Unlimited is great. Um, but because, you know, as authors, they still need to make, you know, have an income. Um, for me, I'm just, if I, whenever I see someone who's read my book via Kindle Unlimited, I only have one book on Kindle Unlimited. I'm just really grateful because I think, you know what, this is someone new who's taking a chance, you know, on, on my book. And if they ever sent me an email to say, right, your other books are not on Kindle Unlimited, but I would like to read it, I would be more than happy, you know, to give, to give uh, you know, the person a free copy of my, of my book because I just think, 
yeah, little human just woke up again and it's just giving me a nice little kiss. <laughs> oh, the virtual cafe, you know, it's not been it's not been too bad today. It's been just the two of us. And I'm really sorry. Technology really let us down this week, but we will endeavor and try our best to make sure that next week we are back to our regular schedule. Um I'm hoping that next week we're going to talk about Amazon book ranks. Okay, so a lot of authors you know seem to worry uh, and ask themselves, you know, they worry like when I'm on kin um, on Goodreads, you know, they think, well, how do you beat Amazon's algorithm? How do you get your book to be a book's bestseller? How do you get you know your book to be in the top 100? You know, what is it? You know, what is this algorithm? I always hear this word algorithm, algorithm all the time. So I'm hoping that a guest in next week's episode will be able to shed light on that um so again do apologize i should apologize for technology because it really let me down um this week um but never mind we will be back to your regular schedule if there is any questions you've had about anything that i've gone over today because i sort of tried to summarize everything we've talked about from um you know all the previous episodes if there is anything that you would like to clarify that i, I may not have made clear enough then please you know do send me a message i am on twitter so it's at iayetunde1 which is at i y a yeah y-e-t-u-n-d-e-1 um so thank you so much for listening to me and taking the time to be on today's show i know it's not your usual uh, programming um, but it's all technology's fault it's always good when it works and then it's always a shame when it doesn't it doesn't work so again i will see you next week on the shekilola salami show um if you want to send me an email my email address is still the same at iayetunde1 uh, at googlemail.com many thanks and see you next week on the shekilola salami show bye now